guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And here we are. In our where are, where personal, are we? we're on our personal <laughs> domiciles. We're in our we we're are. In, our, in our domiciles. We uh thought I thought maybe I could get more work done if I spent less time at the studio. Oh, okay. And and boy have I ever. Uh oh. I have okay. been on an absolute tear in the garage. <laughs> I've okay, had engines so- in and out like three times. Yeah, I saw that. It's so your wife actually texted me this weekend and she was like, Chris has basically been in the garage for three days straight. And I go, Oh my, okay. Like, I don't know if she was concerned for you and wanted me to like interject or what, but yeah, I mean, that's that's exciting. I've been in the garage as well, but probably not as productive. I get like, I get really focused on certain things. Okay. Like when, when I have like, I was waiting for parts. I needed things. I needed a special tool for this. And then once everything was there, you're like, just, I'm ready. It's I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. And I guess I just, I'm going to hit my elbow on this vice about 9,000 times. (laughs) I might have to move this vice. If you're watching, I've got my, I'm on my workbench, my actual tool bench in the garage. I got the car right behind me here, which runs. I drove it to the gas station today and put, put fuel in it, which is a big deal. But yeah, I'm going to, this is my actual workbench. Like, right. this, what am I doing? I, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, I'm running out of flat surfaces. Overcrest is. Taking, you need flat surfaces. Inc. I need yeah. flat surfaces incorporated. Absolutely. Anyway, so yeah, I I've been out here a lot. I get the, the trooper is right over here. I had the engine in and out of that thing like three times. So I've, okay. I've installed and pulled engines on both vehicles twice. So in three days, four times. In and out, in and out, in and out. In Why? And out. Okay, so uh, run me through like what project were you working on first, or what? What are you doing? Okay, so I what I, are you doing, Chris? I put the cams in the mm-hmm. in the M110, yeah, and did all the valve adjustments stuff like that. Like I said, I'm okay. super proud of myself. I think last week we talked about that. How proud of yeah. I am of, of me. And but uh, you you hadn't been it hadn't driven. You hadn't driven the new cams and setup yet. Nope. No, I got everything timed uh, later on. So everything's I got everything timed, put a new valve guide in, got everything sorted out. And I just put a it, single valve guide, a valve, uh, guide. A All valve, the valve guide. guides, the one I broke, the one. I oh, broke. really? So, I, so literally I, just just one valve guide, just one. The rest looked okay. fine. I mean, they're like they're they're very thick valve guides. I, and they you know were what? Maybe, I was thinking of the valve seals, not the valve I replaced half guide. of the valve seals because the other <laughs> the exhaust side, they were still squishy. And the okay. box I got was the was the wrong ones. They were the wrong oh, size. Okay. They, yeah. They, they, impossible. And I'm not slow. I'm not waiting another week for valve stem seals to show up. I mean, you could just. I mean, it's. Do you have to take the cams out? To I suppose you do have to take the cams out to redo that. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. You do. Okay. Well, hopefully they don't leak. Uh, well, you don't have to take the cams out. It's a split cam box, so I can just take the cam box off. Oh, okay. and then leave the head gasket installed. But you'd and still you still can... have to retime everything. Yeah, which actually wasn't too hard. Uh, okay. It was actually well, quite good. easy. Maybe I got lucky. You know, it's got a. It's weird because one one cam rotates one way, and the okay. other cam rotates oh, the opposite direction. Because the chain is, is on the underside of that. It goes sprocket, on the undersides of that sprocket, which is which very is strange, very unique. Everything was kind of like, hey, let's try this back in the day, because not everybody was doing uh, twin cam engines in the mid 60s it was fairly uncommon so people i think were the engineering people are still trying to find their way though there's so many different variations of things and the way that they were done back then 
so I, I remember looking at that head and it's so strange because yeah, the chain, the camshaft chain runs over one cam sprocket and yep. then goes under the other one at a diagonal. Yes. Yep. So my question is like when you have belts, you know, you have tensioners set up so that it has maximum contact with like 180 degrees worth of the pulley, right? Because you need a lot of contact surface. So is there is the is the cam sprocket just like riding on a tangent? No, it's it there's like another like a gear underneath that gear that makes sure that the, the... <laughs> So it is like just as complex, more complex it... in order to do it slightly differently. Yes. Well, I think that the problem is, is that the, the, the cams are, cause the cylinder head is so big, the cams are yeah. very far apart. So I don't know that you would want like a huge, mm. like traversal of a, ch- a chain across, you know, however far that is. Yeah. I don't think that's a good idea. So that's oh, okay. That's what I surmise anyway. Engineering hour where we just make hour. things up. <laughs> Absolutely. So engine is in this thing. Okay. Now. So I, tr- engine I, tried is to, in. I tried to put the engine in first and I got everything okay. lined up and I could not. I couldn't get the uh, the input shaft on the transmission into the pilot hole of the clutch. Why? Because I couldn't jack the rear of the car up to turn the wheel to move the drive shaft to get the thing in the exact right spot. So it, couldn't you have turned the engine over while it's on like the hoist and try Not, to line it up? You, you kind of want someone that can be back there and kind of just do this, you know, right? Like, wiggle it back and forth. But you yeah. don't have any patience. And it was cold. That was the okay. problem. Is so I quit. Yeah, I just quit and I for Got like it. two days which is like and then that's when i went and worked on the trooper and i told i <laughs> i finished i finished so quitting on one mouth. project means just working on another moving project on, moving on to another yeah, one okay. yeah have maybe last week when i said that you should only have like four projects maybe that's that was many. wrong maybe yeah. no maybe that was no maybe it was oh you're saying it's more. good because then once you get frustrated you just you can just move on to something else you can just move on yeah exactly <laughs> anyway so i eventually got the garage door open got the car jacked up and put the motor in and, and then I just quit. I like went for an entire day. I put everything okay. together and I okay. walked away because I was honestly scared to start. Why? I, I don't know. I like I. You were like because I put all this work into it. What? 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 What did I? What wrong? did I do wrong? Right. Because I'm an idiot. You know, I'm very, I'm very <laughs> cavalier about everything. And yeah. I, I lose we are track not of what I, professional mechanics. No, right? absolutely like, not. Absolutely not. So I'm trying to like I put things together and I forget things. And so I had to go back and I'm like, I checked everything and then I would go inside and like, I don't know, eat, take a dump, whatever, come back out. And I would check everything again, like literally okay. just check everything, all yeah. the little pieces, oil lines. Dude, this thing has an oil line, just like the 911. It's a return line that goes from the cylinder head outside of the motor. Oh, no. It like, like, it's like, I don't know if it's Why? just a drain. I don't know if it's just a drain for yeah, the- it's probably a drain for the cylinder head to go to the oil pan. Yeah. But, but it's, it's external. Like, it's, it's not external. it's not an internal oil gap. No, and it and it's broken. The one I have is broken. So I had to make one. Oh no. <laughs> and this I'm seems like seems like you were just asking for trouble. So I, I go to the I take the broken one, I go to the hardware store and I and I'm holding it up to all, you know, you go in the back, you look at all the lines that are there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm holding it up and I found one that's is like it a the, rubber Line? It's a rubber. It, normally, okay. that's like a hard plastic line that's like crimped on that yeah. can't that can't come loose because it's crimped <laughs> this on. Sounds so familiar. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I should, since we're like video, I should just find it and see if I don't know. Good luck with that. I've seen your garage. It's it's pretty clean. as he's looking it's, around in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> it's Jeez. around here somewhere. Anyway, so there's like a it just kind of like clips on and it's fairly loose. Okay, 
So okay. I don't think it has pressure. No, it's probably not a high pressure line. It's just a drain. But still, so I, like, if that I got were one that fits fail, perfect. Okay. If that would fail, it wouldn't. I wouldn't lose oil pressure. It would just until slowly... you run out of oil. Right, but I think that you would under you would notice. How? How would you know? Have you ever smelled oil? Yeah, but well, you didn't smell it on the nine eleven. That's because the engine's in the behind me, in the back in side, the behind me, in the behind me area. <laughs> Can that be our next T-shirt? The engine's in the behind me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, turn your bike okay, down a little so... bit. You're a little hot when you get all bothered i'm i'm rowdy yes you're okay. rowdy so okay so external oil line yeah you... so i i got a perfectly shaped line and i got brand new hose clamps and i like okay. and i took it on and off like four times i'm like like and i would cut like another quarter inch off because i wanted to make sure that it was all downhill i didn't want it to like bow up and then go because i didn't want it to like get right oil to get stuck in the valley of this hose so I had it on and off like six times. I've got this. I bought like a hose cutter tool uh-huh. and you just cut it and you put it on. It's perfect. I think. Okay. So that was uh that was scary. I just, I don't just generally having that cylinder part cylinder head apart. The tensioner in this thing is super weird. It's like a weird, not hydraulic spring driven tensioner, but it's like a piston, but it only goes in one direction. Once it's out, it doesn't come back. So you have to put it in a certain way and then torque it down and then like tap it with a hammer so it snaps out and then hits the guide and onto the chain. But if you have it too far out, it'll snap farther and then not it's dude. It is an absolute that seems not- like a really weird. Dude, this setup. is the sixties, man. It's the sixties. So everything is yeah. weird. You know, if you look at <laughs> Well, because like you said, there hasn't been like an established way to design a tensioner or whatever no, it is. No, no, so. nothing. I mean, obviously, okay. even there wasn't even hydraulic tensioners on a nine eleven back then. It was right, just yeah, a it spring was tensioner. It was just this little mechanical. little guy. Well, I think it was hydraulic on the inside, right? It had oil in it. Don't they have oil in them? I think. Well, there's two. I know there's two versions. Like there's the hydraulic, and then there's the mechanical. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, whatever the case may be. Too. I put the car. I put it in. I started it up, and uh-huh. it fucking runs mint. I spent all this time like closing the throttle bodies and adjusting the linkages so all the idles were in exactly the right spot. Right. Like, moving these little like what are they the the little the little can like turnbuckle the little turnbuckle on the yeah, throttle the rods yeah and it's it's weird because the the cylinder head rises vertically okay, okay. so it rises vertically in the engine compartment but i can't so, oh do- like so like from front to back it yes, goes up it's higher in okay. the front than it is sure. in the back because it's just it's just the way it is slightly i mean we're not talking higher a lot front so it's the opposite of the hood line <laughs> yes and that creates That's a weird. problem when you have side draft carburetors because they're sticking up and you yeah. don't want them running into the hood. So the carburetors go straight. So all okay. the runners are the exact same length, but to get right. them to fit, the carburetors yeah. are straight. So it's kind of this interesting linkage situation, like getting everything lined up with the turnbuckles. I, I remember, the... yeah, when we originally put them on and how yes. kind of, yeah, yeah, unique that setup was, I'll say. It, it, it's very unique and it's difficult to get right. But... So I, I get it. I got everything. I moved the idles in like a quarter of a turn. I reset the carbs to two turns out. Just mm-hmm. like, just did everything from so this scratch. is all baseline before you even started it. Before I even started it. I mean, I okay. just like, you know, I was like mm, pin level trying to make sure all these, I counted the threads, went to start it up, just started up and idled perfect. Just wow. Mm, so you didn't even have to touch anything. I, I just do a little bit of you sinking, a little, a little bit, bit yeah. a little tweaking, but it was, it was dead on. And okay. uh, and that's it. Then I then I took turn the key off and went inside and went to bed. What? 
I didn't drive. Why? Because I didn't have gas. There's no gas in the car. There's I only had like a gallon. So I didn't. So like, drive I, it to the gas station. The gas. I don't know. No, I'm not. It, it, no. What? Because I'd get stranded and I'd have to call somebody. Hey, I ran out of gas. I don't know how much gas and is in the car. The light's on. <laughs> I, I wrapped on the tank with a wrench. And it's like, bong. <laughs> you know, so there's no fuel in there. At guaranteed. Least you checked. At least I did. You checked. Well, the light we'll is like a nuclear a minute. triangle. Um, but I drove okay, it today. So, and you didn't you didn't have any any gas in any jerry cans at the house. No. So I took a jerry can to the okay. no, because I put it all in the red shit box. Okay. Yeah. That's so, right. so that's got all the gas in it now. Uh, so I, I did drive it today, though. Okay, but knowing you, I'm super surprised you didn't, like, siphon gas out of the red car into the white driven-to-death car just to get it going. Like, you are the guy that has zero patience, usually. I was very careful about okay. monitoring my patience. And if you'll notice, I didn't do any Instagram stories on any of the installation of the motor, no, any you of the didn't. tuning right. of the car. That's why nothing. I feel like this is all surprising to me. Yeah, so I didn't do it was all okay. just so like, you were you were being very diligent and so being trying to be careful because it's yeah it's fun to do the instagram stories but you can it's easy i'm easily distracted yeah, you get period. distracted yeah for sure like, i'm already just like where am i what am i doing yeah. why am i standing in the bathroom with a banana like it's like i don't it's <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> <a> euphemism <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's my subconscious i don't know okay well yeah. it's it's yeah, so I had just really tried to focus and and bear down. But like I said, I drove it today. It drove great. Um, so oh, he, so today, just this morning, just this morning, I went driven it. I went and got gas and put it in. It drives great on the uh, on the primaries, yeah, like the like the idle circuit. It's dead. It needs fuel. Like whatever oh. jets that were in there before are not Aren't enough. Doing it. So you okay. can go wide open throttle. It sounds great. It's definitely faster than it was before. Okay. Um, stronger well, it should it's, be it has it how sounds much more better impression yeah it sounds better it's snappier uh, even like just partial throttle driving seems like it's the same speed as my wide open when throttle you were was wide before open. yeah yeah because i how could barely you... go 90 miles an hour it's, it's stupid you don't have a wideband on that thing do you i can't find it i have i bought a <laughs> i bought an innovate wideband so that i could shove yeah. it in the exhaust pipe and just tune right. that way I don't know where the gauge yeah, is. Yeah, I have a I have a length of exhaust pipe that I welded an O2 bung yeah. on that I'll strap to the end of the exhaust when tuning. Yeah, you're far and more complex than me. I just like I feed the cable in there and then put a vice grip on the on the thing and then it just stays in there. It's fine <laughs> for a while. Well, okay, the, but so gonna... how do I, my question is how do you know that it's not getting enough fuel? Lo it's logic, and I know what things okay. feel like. It's just have a you feeling. Plug? Uh, I did drive it pretty hard, like right before I got to my street. I didn't pull a plug because I don't want to pull the plug on a hot motor. So right. it's cooled down now. So see I can pull a how plug and, and white see. It is. Yeah, it's it's I just know. I know. It's yeah. it's no, it's I got okay. just stock. It's got 30 more horsepower than it should have, plus cams. Okay. So plus it, compression. Yeah. Well, that's how plus much compression. down on compression were you? Remember 30, your leak down test was 40%, like ridiculous. 40%. Right. So I really want you to get this thing dialed in so you can drive it and be like, holy crap. Yeah, I do too. But I gotta be methodical and careful and and try not to be myself but this is so who are you this is so out of character i just i cannot afford to fuck anything up right now i just can't okay i just okay. can't so that was that was the driven to death car yeah then you have the i have the trooper. red car the trooper yeah i welded the mounts up the on trooper? that so i have to okay. i'm trying to figure out if i need to notch the firewall or not because the motor is right up against the firewall that's right yeah yeah, and but you have I think, a water neck back there. Yeah, I just need to weld up 
or have somebody weld up a like a custom water neck that's shorter yes. and doesn't stick yes. out so far. That's it. I like that's, that that's as far as I got with that. I, I haven't oh, touched okay. the trooper too much. Is the motor back out? Yeah, it's out. It's on the floor. Okay. So I can, you know, make the water so neck. Take, or... Yeah, take that neck and bring it to one of our friends who does this I stuff. Sound, have it uh, I found a guy. Um, uh, actually, it was Jason Whipple referred me to Swoops. Which is I don't know you yeah. might do you remember Hardline Hardline by, by Swoops Yeah yeah exactly he Back makes stuff I sent him an email didn't respond and his Instagram right. says don't DM me so I'm like okay so what do I do how do I because he has like this thing that's out of stock that I need which is just basically the the flange with nothing on it it's just the flange. oh I suppose it's a Volkswagen motor so all of this stuff is yeah it's just the okay. flange so I, I need was like just why the flange, would he then I can it? weld a ninety on it sure and then okay yeah shoot it out the side that's what I need. That seems simple enough. Why not yeah. just cut? Is it just a flat flange? Like get some eighth inch, quarter inch steel and just cut a flange. I can just cut. I have an aluminum one. I can just cut the flange off that. But welding oh, cast weld that and then. yeah, cast yeah. aluminum with new aluminum can kind of be a bear. This dude makes the fucking part, so I want okay. I want yeah, the yeah. thing. I want the part. And then I made a block okay. block off plate for the the vacuum pump. So diesels don't really do right. vacuum. They don't generate vacuum because there's no throttle don't. plate. Yeah. So there's nowhere to pull vacuum from on the intake manifold like you would with a regular gas motor. Right. It's just, yeah. Motor. So you normally, like back in the day, you'd yeah. have a mechanical pump. So there's pump. another convoluted system that you need on a diesel. Convoluted. It's like, a, it's yeah, nice try. Everybody knows a vacuum pump is about as simple as it gets. So anyway, so I'm, I got a block off plate because that's on the firewall side too. So I got a block okay. off plate to run on the side of the cylinder head. So I'm going to run a uh, an electric vacuum pump. What okay. a lot of the hot rye guys will do is an electric sure. vacuum pump just because okay. their their cars don't generate vacuum because they have right. the most enormous camps Ridiculous. known to man. Yeah. So they just game. don't work. Like you pull up to a light and your car's like, gunk, 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 and you hit the brakes <laughs> and there's nothing there. So they have to yes. run like a, an electric vacuum pump. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Did you do anything this I week? I did, but I want to hear about the red car. We don't even know about the red car either. It runs. This thing is like so we, we talked. We talked about it, right? Yeah, but you sat there and polished the hell out of it. I did. I well, here's the here's the secret. I only polished the fender and the hood and then filmed that because it's a oh, big car. And that's and I didn't, all we saw. That's, that's all, all you saw. saw. I didn't do anything okay. else. I, I drove mean, the around. hood like it was, it was the worst part though. Like yeah, that was it was super oxidized. Well, and the and the trunk. It like I said, single stage is amazing. You can always yeah. polish it, and then you have to seal it. But uh, mm. it's definitely a ten footer. The car. Definitely still a ten. It 12, was not 15. even a, a hundred footer before. No. It was a, you don't even want to look at it from any distance. But I also got a new carb from uh, my buddy Dave Cheney. Okay. He rebuilt the the Solex yeah, carburetor. Right. I bolted yep. that fucker on there, started it right up. Perf, idle's perfect. I drove it around that's the block. Awesome. It's great until the oil line that goes to the instrument cluster, like a hose on it, and then like like put a nut in the or a bolt in the hose. Oh, and right. It, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, and I made fun of you for yeah, that. Yeah, and it blew a hole right through the through the line. So started shooting oil all over the interior, well, all hey, over my legs. Good oil pressure. Yeah, it does have. Oh, does my have God. That's good oil pressure. Remember, I was like, this is such a stupid system, like so much more pretensity for. Leaks, it's a, normally it's a hard line. What just happened? It's it's actually a physical hard line. Yeah, like a, a yeah, copper well, line or whatever. Okay, probably not copper, but it's like that hard plastic. And then it's a hard line itself. Oh, plugs well, into the okay. back of the instrument cluster. So you have like mm -hmm. this dude. This is like I said. This is the 60s, okay? This is when this technology, like VDOs didn't start making gauges that were um, electric like that till the till the early 70s, mid-70s. What? Yeah. 
I'm trying to think how like an old American car uses oil pressure gauge. I it's don't a think thin you... copper line that just runs air pressure from like the valve down on the block. Is that what it does? You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't. I can't believe that just, would like, work. Mechanical pressure that can't work because, but it's no, not. No. You can compress air, so that's not going to work. It can't be air. You're so right. it's got to be like some sort of is fluid. Is it actually oil? It all probably the way is up? oil. All the way Anyways, up. it probably is. It's that's the only way there was to okay. do it. It's just that I saw the video of you literally like holding your hand here to keep oil from spraying yes. everywhere, and I was like, "Of yeah. course, yeah, that, yes, was a, that was a great." I got about uh, ten yards down the road. It was awesome. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> but that thing is going to be, uh, I think it'll be a driver. It drives nice. It shifts nice. Yeah, I think that'll be my daily driver till the 911 gets back in three weeks or a month. Right. Well, you're you're going out there and going to drive it back. Yeah, I'm flying out to uh, Los Angeles to pick up the car from TLG. Yep. Uh, he's going to do a valve adjustment or, you know, br- finish breaking the motor and do a valve adjustment because I didn't drive it enough. And uh, right. recurve the distributor. I'm going to fly out there, grab the car, drive it up to Lufkakult in Vallejo, hang out there where we have the only Airbnb on the whole island. Ha ha. Uh, you got to be quick on the draw with that when things are announced. And then uh, Veronica's flying out. We're going to we're going to road trip it home. We're going to drive it all the way back. That's super yeah. cool. And then that's I have to figure awesome. out scouting the rally, dude. Like, when am I going to do this? What am I going to so, do? Well, that's why I was curious why you're driving the 911 back versus. Because I owe Veronica a road trip. It. Okay. I want to do a road trip with her. Yeah, but you could, you could drive back after scouting. Had you planned? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, we gotta we gotta work on that yeah. though, because I gotta get out there. June, I gotta go out in June out. at some point. I'll probably just it's in yeah. Portland, you know, it's in the the Oregon area. I'll just be able to fly out there and get almost any cool car that's not rusty. It's gonna be <laughs> so. That's what you need is another project car to bring. Uh, out. yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay, yeah. good, good, good call. <laughs> yes. Um, and if you want to be up to date on the rally, you need to be on our mailing list. Head over to our website, overcrestproductions.com. Scroll to the bottom or overcrestproductions.com slash subscription or overcrestproductions.com slash whatever the heck Chris is looking for. No, that's actually the link, whatever to... Chris is looking for. Uh, it's something ridiculous. Like this link is for people who don't know what they're looking for, such as Chris. <laughs> I, I don't remember. Regardless, it's everywhere on the website. Sign up. Be up yeah. to date. Tell me a little bit about Auto and Anon. Awesome newsletters. Yeah, Auto Anon. No, Anon, not Anon. Anon, Auto Anon. I'm just enunciating. Auto Anon. There you go. Is that better? It's Automotive Anonymous. How about I just say the actual name? Yeah, so it started out as a personal collector of motorsports goods. It's turned into an amazing curated store of vintage automotive posters and collectibles. Chris, I want you to go over there right now. AutoAnon.com and take a look because they have uh, hundreds of products from all sorts of awesome old motorsports. Let's let's look at this together. I'm going to share the screen. You and okay. I can... Yep. I'm going to keep telling you what it's about while you get that set up. So all of the posters featured on the site are original with many extremely rare pieces. The unique enamel pins that they also offer are all limited editions. Inventory is updated every month with vintage motorsport apparel, books, models, and other collectibles coming soon. So Chris is on the site right now at autoanon.com. posters, You can man. check him out on Instagram. At automotiveanonymous.com. Wow. Oh, click on that 944 Dude, there's one. There's so many posters. Oh, there's hundreds. There's literally this hundreds one of original. Yeah, what is that one? 
Oh, 30 and a quarter by not the 40 turbo, inch. Though. Wow, that's, that's a huge poster. That's a big OG poster. Let's, let's look at it. And what I love, the prices are all over the place. Like, that one's only 35 yeah. bucks. That's awesome for an original OG poster. And then there's some extremely oh, look rare at this. stuff. Wow. What? That is super cool. Um, we should mention to people who are just tuning in, because the vast majority of people are still only listening to us and not yeah, watching us. So you can head over to either YouTube or Spotify and get the video streaming. Yeah, these are really well. cool. I, I like and some of these. Like, this, is, this is super cool. Look at that. Yeah. And when I was chatting with the owner, you know, I love that he spends so much time doing like deep research into valuing these. Because a lot of these are like, you know, wow, it's the prices. There's a lot of range, right? And he he does a lot of um, holy and the pricing generally comes in lower than the last sale he's seen. Right. So some of those, as you can see, are extremely rare. Yeah. Wow. We're looking at a four digit price on a poster, but it is amazing. Yeah, very cool. All so right. check them out. Autoanon.com. Everyone loves old, cool motorsport posters. Absolutely. I should, I, okay. I, so I have some. you want to see one of mine? I'm going to grab it real quick. No. no. Okay. No, fine. No, you don't want to see it. No, no, that's fine. No, I don't want no, to. That's fine. No. Okay. So um, I was also out in the garage for the entire weekend because uh, our friend Colin came over. And long story short, Is it? I know I have two 944 turbos sitting in my garage up in the air. Beautiful. I like it. Where's your 911? Yes. Uh, 911's still in storage, okay. the storage facility. Because I have no room at my house. I have multiple cars sitting out in the garage in the driveway. Yeah. My garage is full. You need uh, to move. We did go over to the store working on it. We did go over to the storage facility though, because I asked Nikki, I was like, you know, I've literally been hanging out with a friend in the garage all weekend. What what do you want to do? She's like, I want to ride the Ducati. I want to ride the bike. It's a little bike early out. for it's bikes, be awesome isn't it? This week. No, we sell a lot. I know, but on the, isn't there the sand road. and Um, yes, I'm waiting a little bit more for like the road to clear yeah. to be safe, but whatever. It's going to be 80 degrees this week, which is nuts yeah. to me. So we go over to the storage facility, uh, get the battery back in the bike, and I'm like driving it around a little bit, revving it out, and I I test out the brakes, and uh, the front locks up a little bit. And I was like, okay, not used to riding anymore. And then I was thinking after the fact, well, hold on. This thing has ABS. Why did it do that? Ooh. And so I was like, oh, whatever. So Nikki hops on. I'm following her home. And she's like, well, first of all, the speedometer isn't showing. It's a digital speedo, and it's not showing the speed. So I have to figure that out still. I think there's some plug or something that disconnected. But because it's not seeing speed from the speed sensor, the ABS can't work. Right? Sounds awesome. Yes. Anyways. You know what doesn't uh, have so any of those going problems? along any bike that isn't yeah. digital. Like the one right behind well, this you? This is a brand new 20... 22 Ducati or yeah. whatever it is. Um, yes, that bike does not have that problem. So I'm following her on the road coming home, and all of a sudden, hazards on. She pulls off to the side. She's like, in sprint cluster, all these warning lights. Tried to restart it. It's not starting. I get out. I'm sloshing. I don't hear anything in the tank, but it says like half, half yeah. fuel on the digital readout. So I'm like, what is going on here? Like, maybe the battery is no good. Like, it, it's slow starting, and it's throwing all these weird codes and everything. So it's like, all right, you have the kiddo. You take the kid home so he's not sitting on the side of the road, and we're going back and around and everything. And 
Colin was coming over anyways. So he came and picked me up on the side of the road. I was like, all right, let's go get gas. Except it was Easter afternoon and nothing is open. So I was like, I'll just go get a gas can from the gas, you know, the gas station and pay way too much money for it and fill it up. Nothing. So we literally have a caribou cup that we find in the trash can, a plastic cup and a mini water bottle that I fill up with gas and driving, holding these things in the front seat to go get gas. And it, it worked out, but yeah, I did so, that just uh, because I didn't even want to pay for the stupid overpriced gas can. I did in a seven 11 yes. cup. Well, what I would have done, yes, is gotten an actual cup with a yeah. lid or like bought a water from a vending machine and drank the water and filled that up. So it had a yep. lid. Right. But I didn't have anything. So that was uh, that was fun. Made it home. Whatever. Got to figure that out. So pro tip one, make sure your vehicle actually has gas when getting it out of storage. Pro tip two. No, you're supposed to just nice take to some sort just take of the gas with you when you go because you don't. We talked last week. Are you that sure you want to store a like a. A Ducati with it. No, you don't want to store it with fuel in it. So it's actually, I probably did this on purpose thinking back. I was like, oh, great. It's empty. Mm. And, and didn't realize that. So I don't know. That, that was fun. Um, my only car related working on things that I'm very proud of is so we were pulling the turbo out of our friend's car. And 944s, especially the turbos, are the worst things to work on. I do not like these cars <laughs> at all. Everyone Dude, you just so told me the there. other day. I love this car. I'm going to love this car. I'm going to drive this thing. This is going to be great. I absolutely love it. I can't well, wait maybe, to fall over this maybe car. Once now I you're just telling me you it. hate the car. I hate working on it. It is the worst car to work on, period. And you could ask any of our friends that work on them. Like Brandon's like, oh, yeah, have fun. That sucks. Is everything just. They're the worst. Everything is so crammed mm-hmm. in there. And just like they did not keep anything in mind of like how to access, you know, usually like very well-built cars. Yep. And I know Mercedes this way. There's also thought that goes into the design about maintaining, taking things apart, modularity. Everything is hard to get to. So to get to a bolt, to unbolt the turbocharger, you have to go from under the car and remove the power steering rack from the subframe in order to get the angle to get the wrench up there. It's ridiculous. So then I get it up there, and it's it's not even a hex bolt. It is an Allen. And of holding course, the, the tur- slips. holding the turbo on. Yes, there's two Allen's? bolts okay. holding the turbo onto the. It's actually attached to the motor mount. It's really dumb. So, strips out. The other one strips out. What the heck? So I get a Torx bit that's like one size too Pound big. That fucker in there. And I jam that up in there, and it starts to slip. And I'm like, crap. I'm like, I need more force holding it in there. Yeah. So what I did, I tried hammering it. That didn't work. I got my bottle jack out. I have extensions going all the way up. I have a Torx bit that shouldn't fit. And I literally bottle jack the Torx bit up into the bolt. And it holds. Nice. And I was super proud of myself for that. Have you ever physically welded an Allen to a bolt? I was was going to. (laughs) There's no way I could get my welder up there. It is so, it like, I couldn't even see where the bolt was. I had to use a scope to get in there to guide my wrench in. Why would you want to work on this car? I don't. I do not. Okay, so you're going to sell it. Because maintenance know. sounds like a nightmare. And then it you guys does. broke off a bunch of bolts for the water pump or, and everything else, too. Like, Oh, yeah. No, everything is just corroding on this thing. 
and there's just no everything's terrible yeah there's still two bolts stuck into mm. the block that i also broke uh an easy out into because i drilled one of them out drilled out really easily because the bolts are like soft for some reason from heat and yeah so i drilled it out great okay put the easy out in yep 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 kink broke the easy off in the broke the, the easy the, out right you broke off. the tool steel inside yes. the block or the head or whatever yes. it is nice yes. good you're never getting that out yes. of there and you're not welding anything to it nope Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> that sucks. I think I think that car's just going to be in my garage now. It just lives there. It lives there. So I now have two 944 turbos in my garage Oof. up in the air. One on a hoist, one on jack Good stands. luck. A little bit of news? What do you think? We haven't done news in a while. Let's get All into right. news. Volks- Let's do this it. is a Volkswagen's Our Assholes episode. There's a lot of Volkswagen doing naughty Why? things. Why? It's just what they do. They do naughty things. They, okay, well, let, it, right, uh, let me know. Volkswagen is done with internal combustion engines, and we kind of knew this. But I fi- no surprise. Yeah, but I kind of find this interesting that they're just the last sentiment in this paragraph, I think, is interesting. In an extended okay. interview with German publication Automobile Woche, which I couldn't read, plus it's behind a paywall. Woka. That's weak. Weak? Auto, Auto Week. Week. Auto Week. That's just Volkswagen brand Week. CEO yeah. Thomas Schaefer <laughs> spoke about what the future has in tow for the Wolfsburg mark. Inevitably, the discussion revolved around EV and how the zero emission push signals the beginning of the end for cars equipped with internal combustion engines. To that end, the head honcho revealed VW is nearly done launching new internal combustion engine powered cars. Right. Later this year, the German brand intends to launch the next generation Passat only as a wagon, which I thought was... That's cool. Is it coming to the U.S., though? Probably. Probably not. Oh, I I bet the Passat comes. People buy the Passat. And the Tiguan. Come 2024, a new That Sounds oddly specific Volkswagen's names are just getting out of control. The Tehran, which is a compact crossover for China, will follow along with a revamped T-Rock in 2025, which I think is the truck. Which we don't get. We are getting a truck. Very cool. We are getting a truck from yeah. Volkswagen. Uh, Schaefer says these will be the final next-gen ICE cars and will be available into the 2030s. T-Rock okay. is the last new combustion engine in Europe that we will see in the horizon. Of course, the others get even bigger product upgrades, but completely new vehicles are not in the plan after that. At least not so far. What about uh-huh. the Golf? Oh, A yeah. major product upgrade will be announced in 2024 to keep the model fresh and competitive until the end of the decade. They're going to run the golf mm. for six years. Uh, you're right. Six you're years. Four. Plus the already yeah, year I'm two. Pretty sure every gen of golf has always been four years. A ninth generation uh, with gasoline diesel engines is not planned. But VW's top brass doesn't completely mm. rule it out. If the world develops completely differently than expected by 26, 27, then we can also launch a completely new vehicle. I do not believe that. So far, this is not planned. So. The door is it's the door is open a little bit. Right. Because they're like, you know what this is? This is because they saw the ruling in the EU that are like, oh, okay, we will, I guess, allow e fuels. Right. right. Yes. The reca- recap captured carbon based fuels. And I could I could renew all guarantee fuels. you. And so they're like, maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe. But this is so I found this story. Kind of goes along with this, this like sentiment thing that's okay. going on. Uh, this is from New Hampshire. 
Not long ago, California adopted a new law that sets low and zero emission motor vehicle standards. Standards. The bill essentially banned the sale of new gas and diesel powered motor vehicles starting in 2035. We knew this already. Meaning only yeah. used internal combustion engine vehicles could be purchased. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it would need to be an electrified vehicle. A bill recently made its way to the New Hampshire House of Representatives that sought to follow which which uh which state has the live free or die license plate? Is that Delaware? Oh, what is, that? Or is, is that Connecticut? Is it Connecticut? Is it New Hampshire? Look it up quick. It's whatever. Uh, just blah, 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 blah. Uh, new new bill in New Hampshire sought to follow in California's footsteps and enact the same ban on ICE vehicles. It is New it is. Hampshire. Live yeah, love it. You almost want to live there just so you can have that license plate. It's pretty rad. Uh, it's needless to coin. say, it's on, yeah. it did not go well. They tried to pass a law similar to what was in California. Didn't. Did not oh, go well. Okay. The New Hampshire rejection yeah, of California's emission rules comes on the heels of Colorado proposing a modified version of the Golden State standards that would not include an internal combustion engine ban. Instead, the Colorado Department of Public Health issued a final draft of the state's uh, blah, 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 which tends to adopt later, blah, blah, blah. So it's like a modified version. I, this is really interesting to me because till now, it's been California passes carb rule. And initially, yep. and everyone's just gonna. Initially, there was right. a difference. Initially, you would see California versions of right. cars, and so you'd go, "Oh, it's a California car." Oh, uh, great! It has all the yeah, smog, smog and pump, the compression, yeah. etc. Now, yep. but you're right. Everything is the same now, right? Because why would they not just design the car the same, the same across yeah. the board? So it's way easier to just yeah. design it the same. Now it looks like. But are you thinking we're gonna go back to like, know. oh, there's gonna be different variations, or at least? You know what it's going to be. Different models aren't going to be available. Here's the question: for Am I going to be able to buy whatever the fuck I want in New Hampshire and, and have drive it to California? Where's our, L- <laughs> where's our LLC based, Jake? <laughs> Delaware. <laughs> well, maybe Delaware. Why? I don't know because we could. Like, if they're going to say fuck off to all this EV stuff, we could. We don't have a PO box in Delaware. Oh. Well, we could work on it. That's how you register. Yeah, cars. we got to work. Yes. I think no, I think That's it can't just be a PO cars. box. I think it has to be like a real. No, thing. I know, but I'm saying we don't have an address established yeah. in Delaware. Or, it's just that all LLCs are so are, are, established. Is it going to be legal for me to buy? Whatever I want. That's why in Delaware. Well, that's why people all already do this in Montana, right? So they they register. Or like no, they set up some sort yes of address no. in Montana. They, that's so also that, taxes. So they can register their car there. That's taxes. Yes, that's what I was going to say. It's for taxes and for California folks for smog exemption. Right. right? All right. So Volkswagen. But, you, yes, we could definitely. Volkswagen hates your kids. Oh, good. A okay. carjacker assaulted a 34-year-old pregnant woman in Illinois, stealing her Volkswagen. Oh, along with her two-year-old boy trapped in the back seat. No. And running her over on the way out. Okay. Being... Jesus, mm-hmm. being a parent isn't this like? Have you? Do you know how you just like think through scenarios? This is what I've thought through. Like, okay, if I get okay. carjacked to my kids there, it's like, well, either I better be carrying, or it's like, okay, you can have the car, you can have whatever you want. Let me take my right. kid. So what are you so, gonna do about like, it? I can't believe this happened. Well, although badly injured, the okay, woman managed so, to. Call, we don't know the circumstances of the carjacking. Right, maybe you had a gun. Right. What are you gonna do? You gonna have him shoot you and then take the? Kid? I would still. I was. I would still plead with him. Of course, him. I'm sure she like, did. Sure, of course she did. Let me this take woman my kid. was like, please let me. Get I the, know. You know, of course. With little idea, uh, although just, badly injured, how terrible people. The are. woman managed to call nine one one. 
With little idea of where the carjacker okay. fled, Lake County Sheriff's rushed to call Volkswagen's CarNet service to track down the car. Yeah. But right. Volkswagen CarNet refused. Not because it had any qualms with forking over information to the police. It's not about privacy. Uh-huh. It's because the mother okay. hadn't renewed her subscription to CarNet. No. Are you kidding me? And by the me? time it was over, the information ended up being worthless, Covelli said, because the child, alive and well, had been dumped in a parking lot where a bystander found oh. him and called police. The stolen car was also recovered not long after. Thankfully, the child was found safe and sound in this case, but what if the carjacker managed to switch cars with the child because VW was too busy pinching pennies? In response to the blunder, Volkswagen That's has tried so shifting blame for the faux pas to its third-party subcontractor responsible for mm. running the car net service. Quote, Volkswagen has a procedure in place with a third-party provider for car net support services involving emergency requests from law enforcement, a VW spokes idiot said in a statement. <laughs> uh, anyway, so what's interesting... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's it was whoever they were talking to. It was just like, oh, I'm not allowed to. Sorry. It's just like I, the, the, the whole you, rule you, thing is just... What are we doing? We yeah. we are setting up. We are we I are giving power person, to though. these people so they can make rules to make our life suck. I know. Yeah, and I have. A, do you want to hear my story? Real too, quick then, here, about, like long real quick here. Uh, last year, many okay. VW customers found that the CarNet systems no longer even worked because they're lousily built on now obsolete three G technology. Even the automaker yes. knew it was already being replaced with four G. There's so, a lawsuit. This isn't a news story. Good. This isn't a news story, but I find it interesting. So, uh, Nikki's mom has a Lexus. Uh, it's the RX, whatever, yeah. 400. The egg. And it's a yeah. fairly new car. It's like a 2016. Yep. And the remote start feature, along with everything else, runs through Wi Fi, which was built on 3G. And so she isn't able to use any like remote functionality, even the remote start. Is why is over Wi-Fi instead of so over, the car has its own Wi-Fi instead of thing, and you walk up and your key yeah, just most pairs do. with the most Wi-Fi. Do. Yes, nice. Yep. So the problem is, she's like, okay, cool. Well, I want to do a remote start, and they're like, yeah, we can't. You need to buy a new, new car. <laughs> and so there's a there's a lawsuit about that too because like they knew, of course, way back then, but it was going to be obsolete, and they don't care. All right, Volkswagen. Know. It's yeah, hates fun. Also, also fun. fun. They hate children. They hate children. They hate they hate fun. Yeah. Fun. Uh, what else do they hate? I already forgot. Dude, that that story made they me hate so angry. Engines. Though, like I, I hope they find. I'm guy. Sure. It, this is a, this is an issue. People just carjack, go for a joyride, and then dump the car because nobody's enforcing the law. But he ran a pregnant woman over and stole the kid and just dumped the kid. <laughs> Why not? Like cops aren't doing anything anymore. Cr- crimes. Oh, do you want to hear about let's, that? Chris? Let's talk about Volkswagen hating fun. No, because that's a funner, that's a more fun story. Because since we're on the topic, traffic deaths are up because police stopped policing, turns yes. out. American roads are deadlier than they were before the pandemic, with deaths having spiked during 2020 and are currently 18% higher now than they were in 2019. Mm-hmm. Quote, it is unfortunately an American phenomenon, says Jonathan Adkins, CEO of the GHSS. It's a safety administration thing. Uh, <laughs> some bureaucracy other Western of some countries, sort. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's a private company. It's like, it's not a government agency. Jake, it's a company, but it's based out of somewhere. How can we turn, it's... what can Overcrest do that we're okay. an agency that the government gives us money to 
to. That's what this I, is. How I do know. I do that? You're, it's a good point. What is what statistics yes, we can be. we give them that are valuable that they can pay us for? <laughs> what have we got? I think we just kind of have to know a guy, maybe, uh, yeah. to be like that yeah, source. Maybe we could donate yes. or something. Anyways, quote. Other Western countries did not see the same sustained increase in traffic deaths. One important difference is the distinct pullback in policing following the George Floyd protests of 2020. And the statistics do, in fact, back this up. Traffic citations by police are down 86% compared to 2019. Jesus. Nearly 90% less citations across the board compared to 2019. Quote, I know that the that Minneapolis police have a directive made. not to do it. I'm going to get there. Yeah. Quote, a lot of the decisions are made by the officer based on staffing levels and based on call loads, said Seattle Police Chief Adrian Diaz. He said his department lost hundreds of officers after the George Floyd process in 2020. And one thing he had to cut were dedicated traffic details. Patrol officers now spend upwards of 70% of their shifts responding to more urgent calls than service. So even if you are on a traffic detail, mm-hmm. you're 70% of the time you're not doing it because you're doing other things, right? Because well, I mean, I think officers. like 20, 30% of the police force has disappeared. I wouldn't want to do that job. Are you yes. insane? No. No. Yeah. And in some not cases, unless I'm in like some rural traffic. place where I'm just rolling up and being like, Hey man, you know how's how are things going at the barbershop hey, today? You know, some small town cop. Yeah, sure. Andy. Yeah, Griffith. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, in some cases, the reduced traffic enforcement is also a matter of policy. That's what you're getting at here. High-profile deadly encounters during traffic stops, blah 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 blah, uh, have put pressure on many police departments not to pull cars over for minor violations. Philadelphia, Minneapolis, and the entire state of Virginia have adopted formal policies limiting stops for minor violations, sometimes called pretextual stops. Uh, Seattle, too, has instructed officers pretext stops. Pretextual. Uh, Seattle has instructed officers not to pull cars over for certain non-moving violations. So if you have expired license tags, if you have obstructions on your windows, if you aren't wearing your seatbelt, they just said, don't pull them over. Good. Yeah. Anarchy. Nice. So this is the devolution of the social contract where we're all supposed to. I don't want to get too much more into it, but it's just amazing that that that's a hard stat. 90% less citations given since you're not gonna let me talk about this are you no it looks like we're out of time <laughs> all right let's go volkswagen hates fun <laughs> dude the social contract is devolving before our very eyes i i don't want to get into it but <sighs> it is it's, it's so uh, sad demoralizing yeah. yes uh just like uh this poor fucking guy you know i'm listening to your book by the way not to not to is it surprisingly to good talk about your book it is surprisingly good. Yes. <laughs> I stand by that that is not, that's a perfectly good, that is a, that is high praise, Chris. Surprisingly. I know you very well. I've read a lot of your writing. I knew exactly what to expect. And it, the expectation was going to yeah. be good, right? Surprisingly. Oh, okay. Good. So surprisingly better than, go. better than good. I would have expected. Interesting. Yes, exactly. Um, but no, I just, I was just listening to the audiobook version and the, uh, the, the de-evolution of society, as you kind of explained it in this yep. world that you built, is scary how how I'm seeing some of these things as well. Yeah. So that's all we'll say there. Um, okay. Volkswagen hates your kids. They hate internal combustion cars. And they yeah, hate- Yeah. You want to read this one? Sure. 
Retro body conversions for Japan's ultra-compact K-cars turned the nation's tiny runabouts into everything from classic Chevy trucks to old Ford paddle vans. The vehicles are tastefully done, and many Americans are interested in importing a pint-sized lookalike. So we actually, we have friends and people on the Discord who have these little K-trucks. They're They're so cool. I kind of want one. Like, why would you spend, because, you know, like, side-by-side ATVs or UTVs, they call them? register them here. Those things are, like, Twenty thousand. Unless you have a farm, twenty five, thirty thousand. You can't register them here in Minnesota. What, a UTV. These little K cars. These little. Yeah. Really? It's illegal unless you have a farm or something. Because I was gonna say, you know where I'm going with this. Why would you spend all your money on one of those when you could have a dedicated K truck, same size, same functionality, but actually better yeah. in, in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. Right? So I really like them, and I like the. Yes, exactly. In a fully enclosed cabin, you don't have to buy the accessory panels. <laughs> so, um. I like this idea, though, that you can, like, rebody them to look like these things. Okay, so here's the thing. You need to be warned. Buying a tribute car that looks too much like its muse could get it intercepted and destroyed by U.S. Customs. Such was the sad fate recently met by a 1996 Subaru Sambar van styled to look like a classic Type 1 Volkswagen bus, as relayed to the drive by U.S.-based importer Tyler Barg. He laid out in detail how his attempt to import the little Subi ended in complete disaster, despite his best efforts to save the van, and it's the definition of a cautionary tale for others. They also reached out to Volkswagen for comment. No surprise, hadn't turned back. Okay, right, so Barb, the importer, operates a company. You ready? All right, you All posted right. it up while I keep... Barg operates a company called Tiki Bunny Imports, which helps people ship their K-car of their dream stateside, and the Subaru saga began in 2021 when a friend reached out for help in locating a Volkswagen bus lookalike. After a bit of searching, he found the perfect van, and a 1996 Sambar was just 53,000 miles, a rare multi-panel sunroof, and the aforementioned Volkswagen Type 1 body conversion, complete with a big Volkswagen badge. It was even in the client's favorite color. Barg then put money together with his wife to buy it. He knew it was risky for the cash, blah, 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 blah. It all seemed to be going great, but it turns out Maryland is where the trouble Look started. Thing, Jake. U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. I like that. It's thing. cute. <laughs> it's very cute. I mean, it's exactly I, like you can see why yeah, you wanted for it, sure. right? It's not the exact truck one, thing. It's, it's... Yeah, that's the yeah. conversion. That makes sense. Okay, so U.S. Customs and Border Protection screens every car imported to the U.S. We know this. Uh, one of its jobs is to verify the legality of impound goods, including whether they abide by copyright law. That I didn't know. Because Barg's retro-bodied Subaru had that big Volkswagen badge on the front, CBP contacted Volkswagen of America and asked where the van was authorized to wear the branding as is procedure. What is this procedure? It's... And how many people are we employing to do this? So this is something that I think is just made to protect uh, businesses from, like, China. I know, like, you don't want all of these fake yeah, Louis Vuitton bags like, coming knockoffs. in. To... But it's not like this guy was importing, you know, 50000 to resale. Like, it's just a one-off. Okay, Volkswagen said it wasn't, obviously, and the company considered a fake version of one of its products. The CBP subsequently seized to the Subaru on November 1st in 2021 on the suspicion that the van was, quote, counterfeit. Oh! However, <laughs> you know, it's a counterfeit product that Volkswagen no that, longer sells. That van looks the too fun! It looks too years. fun! Yeah. Uh, Barg didn't learn of the seizure for more than a month 
And as it turns out, a typo in his email address meant he wasn't notified and remained completely in the dark until Customs sent an office official letter in late December, of which he had no idea that the vehicle was taken. I'm way too impatient for that. I've been like, where's my... Where's my mini bus thing? Oh, where is this thing? Where is it? Why isn't it here? Right. It's been over a year. So after months of emails and another letter from law, a law firm representing Volkswagen. Oh, geez. From Volkswagen official arrived in March in 2022. So I read the letter. It's and laid out the automaker's copyright complaint. So douchey. The document accused him of importing a quote knockoff Volkswagen microbus, claiming that the quote public will be confused if it sees these vehicles driving down the road or sees them otherwise and will erroneously believe the Volkswagen has created this vehicle. No. Letter offer at Bark various resolutions from simply abandoning the van to taking the issue to court. Sure. Yeah, go up against Volkswagen. Bring us to court. Sue us. Bring us to court. Bark chose middle ground and petitioned Volkswagen and customs for a compromise. He asked to be given access to the van to remove the Volkswagen badge alter its paint, and restore its Subaru branding, and sign an NDA, which is ridiculous. Essentially, if you reverse the overt branding, he said the owner felt he would be addressing the automakers concerned, but this was not the case. He didn't even get a response from Volkswagen's legal team, while U.S. Customs denied his petition, stating that short of a costly court battle, the man will be, quote, disposed of in accordance with government guidelines. Rest in peace, fan. So... This really bugs me, though, because, like, how many times have you seen guys do admittedly terrible, like, yeah, but they're already here, tribute jobs to they're other cars? Here. Yeah, but okay, so how is that different? Because it's like this imported is a one-off custom. Because it's dude, it's it's customs, man. Oh, customs is brutal. That's they are brutal. That's ridiculous. all right. So, uh, I wanted to t- one more. That's all the time no, we have. No, that is incorrect. I would like to note that a uh, grandpa car is now breaking production uh-huh. records on racetracks. Okay. Mercedes AMG one breaks production car record at Monza. That's it. I just wanted uh-huh. to note that if you want to click on that yeah. thing. No, this thing, I, I, yeah, I've looked at this thing. It's, it's a, it's their hypercar, yeah. their F1 derived hypercar. Yeah. It's awesome. Grandpa it's car. great. It's not, this is a hypercar built by a grandpa car company. <laughs> All right, yep. guys. What do we got going on on Friday? I believe, I believe we have Alvin yes. Springer coming on. He was the founder, one of the founders of. Now, who is Alvin? He uh, worked for. He grew up in Germany, moved to Canada, moved back to Germany, and then ended up somehow. And I got to figure this out. Like I don't know. I haven't interviewed him yet. But he ended up working for Vasek Polak as uh, like the head mechanic, oh. like working on nine seventeens and preparing them for the track, yep. and doing it better than the factory did. Like, and then, so then he, once he left there, he founded Andial, and you know Andial, they're like a, oh yeah, really? so that he was a big part of that. And then oh, cool. in the '90s, he uh, took over at like Porsche Motorsports North America, and now this dude is so legit that he is on the rules making committee for like all these motorsports covering bodies. So you know you've made it oh, wow. when you're the dude making the rules. So we have yeah. him coming on. So I'm sure he has yes, some absolutely, absolutely. So I can't wait yeah, to hear that. We'll have him on Friday. And that's all the time we have for today. I hope this worked out and hope it didn't turn into a technological disaster like last week. I don't <laughs> I won't know yet until I go to edit it, but hopefully this worked out. You know, if it does, we appreciate yeah, your patience. Yeah, we guys. do. You know, we, we 
really do strive, as I, I said to some of our listeners on the Discord, you know, we, we pride ourselves in having like high yeah. quality audio content in general. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we're striving for it. So thank you for yeah. your patience. Take care, guys. We will see you later this week. Take care.